Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla. And today my special guest is Maria Jokov. Am I pronouncing it correctly, the last name? Oh, <laughs> fantastic, Jukov, thank you, Maria. Maria is the co-founder and CEO of Ink Tattoos, and she's also the founder and CEO of Fidus Services. So she's the owner of two businesses. Welcome to the show, Maria. Thank you for joining thank us you so today. Much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, excited to be here. And I have to tell you, I love this concept. Um, I love what you're doing to support the local community. I think a lot of times when we hear, you know, entrepreneur, our minds just jump to, you know, tech bros in the Silicon Valley and $40 billion IPOs. Um, and I think a lot of times we forget that there's uh, small businesses grinding it out every day here um, in the DMV. So it's awesome that you take the time to highlight them. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I totally agree. I mean, obviously there are the unicorns out there and, you know, the, the big ones, Amazon, and there's a ton of, you know, podcasts and everything else, but I, I, there's so much you can tell. And as far as just shared stories within the local community in the DC, Maryland and Northern Virginia area, um, you know, just small, medium-sized businesses. And that's what I wanted to highlight by doing this show. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I, I like to first start off just for the audience to get to know you a little better, just, you know, your childhood basically, or where were you born? Where did you grow up? Are you from around here or elsewhere? Yeah. So I actually, um, I kind of have an interesting background with, with that respect. Um, I was born in Armenia and no one ever knows where it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a tiny country. It's right between Europe and Asia. Um, it's one of the former Soviet republics. Uh, super rich history, rich background, very unique kind of uh, people. Um, and when I was 10 years old, my family immigrated to the United States. Um, and so ever since then, we were, we, we first moved to Maryland. Um, so I grew up in, in Baltimore County. Um, and then I've just kind of stuck around this area ever since then. So so you, you left Armenia at 10, right? Yep. And you came directly to Maryland, to Baltimore yes. County? Yep. Yeah. What, what, so besides English, of course, what other languages do you know? So I speak Russian. Um, I speak Armenian, although I've forgotten a lot of it. <laughs> it's a very okay. hard language. Um, took a little bit of Spanish and Farsi in school. So um, always like kind of learning new languages. And So <laughs> as far as fluency, Maria, it's uh, Russian and English or... Uh, yeah, I would say You're, so. Okay, yeah. okay. So should, should I should I uh, call you Masha or? Yeah, you can. <laughs> so my family okay. calls me. <laughs> oh really? My wife Masha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she uh she's from uh, Ukraine. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Some neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I've been to Kiev. It, it, it's a beautiful beautiful really? city. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've yeah. never been there, but yeah, there's a, a uh, lot of history there as well, for sure. Do, 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 I'm just curious, do you have any little ones, any children? I have two kids. Yep, okay. I have two kids, a almost five-year-old and a three-year-old. So um, it's, it's a fun age. You're always always being put in your own place with, <laughs> with kids. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's never a dull moment. <laughs> I, I have a, a nine, six, well, turning seven next month, and then a four. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Are, are yours, are, are yours fluent in Russian? Do they know any little Russian? Or? Not, no, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Okay. Tried for a little bit and then, you know, it was just hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is hard. Um, my oldest, my oldest one, who's now nine, his first language was Russian. All he did was oh. uh, just speak Russian because uh, he was always with Baba and Dieda. And, <laughs> and so he, you know, Baba and Dieda, it's all Russian. Yeah. And, and then we put him in a Russian daycare. Wow. Um, so like at four and five, he only knew Russian. I would speak to him in Spanish. So he knew Spanish and he knew maybe just maybe two or three words of English. Oh, wow. Um, but then we put him in a American English daycare just prior to elementary school to prepare mm -hmm. him. And then everything since then it just switched and I was only English. That's so funny. I bet if he ever goes back, he'll just pick it up quickly. And yeah, like he, he, under, he, he understands. So when, yeah. when, when someone speaks to him in Spanish or he hears people speaking in Spanish or Russian, he, he completely understands. It's just, <laughs> he, just needs to, he needs to speak it again, which he, he yeah. hasn't in a while. That's the hardest part of any language. Speaking. Yeah. Um, okay, so you came to Baltimore County at 10, and then you did, I guess, elementary, middle school, high school, all in Baltimore County? Yeah, so just the, I caught the end of elementary school. Um, I guess that's where I learned a lot of English there. <laughs> so, yes. um, and then, yeah, middle school, high school, um, ended up going to college in D.C. at Georgetown, uh, and then just kind of uh, stuck around here. So. What, what did you major in in Georgetown? I majored in international political economics. Um, <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, but yeah, international relations and economics, so. What were you, were you thinking of going into politics or what were your thoughts back I, then? You know, I always was interested in government work. Um, my first job out of college was actually uh, as a civilian with the Department of Defense. Um, really cool job. I still have um, a lot of friends in that space. And that's actually what my company, um, FIDA Services, does um, still. So that was, you know, got recruited out of college to go there. Um, worked for about six years. and then. You know, I loved it. I loved the mission. I just wanted to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit. Uh, and that's kind of hard to do within a government agency. So I actually um, decided to start a small contracting company, um, still serving the same client, uh, just kind of doing it on the industry side. And um, that was a really interesting experience because it taught me a lot of different functions within a company. So everything from, I mean, look, when you're running a small business, you are, you're the CEO, but you're also the janitor and everything in between, right? And so um, it, it's really valuable because it's taught me a lot of things on, you know, for example, HR, um, how to run payroll, how to hire people, financial projections, um, contracting. So kind of that whole gamut of corporate experience um, was what I had to learn. And, and that's been super valuable, so. I, I'm curious when the government agency you were with, you said you were with them for about six years or so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, while working there, were you always thinking, I'm not going to do this forever. Maybe I'll go to another agency or maybe, I don't know, government contractor or, or even your own thing. Did you always have that thought 
back of your mind as far as maybe opening up your own company one day or? You know, I, looking back on it, I think I did. Um, I think that was always something that I kind of had in the back of my mind and it was just uh, kind of the circumstances, the stars lined up to where um, it was a good time for myself and my husband personally for me to kind of take the jump. Um, And, you know, we didn't have any kids at that time. So obviously a lot more flexibility. So yeah, it was, I'm I'm glad it worked out the way it did. to say, you know, I, I kind of went in there with uh, an exit plan. That's not necessarily true, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's worked out well. Oh, so, so your husband was, was also in the same industry. So he actually has a military background. Okay. Um, so he was in the Navy. He, he went to Naval Academy, um, did about five years in the Navy and then went into the government contracting space, but in a different, um, different, in, I guess, different agency. So, um, so we both kind of spoke the language, but we're in our own different realms. <laughs> so he was doing something totally different though, as far as what you were doing during that six year there. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were thinking, let's just combine and come together and form this company. Is that, was so that the company, thought? Or? Actually, I started uh, mostly on my own. I mean, oh, he okay. had his job, which kind of gave us the flexibility to, you know, have a steady stream of income and then also, you know, try something else uh, on the side. Um, and I mean, when, when you're starting off contracting, coming from a government background, uh, you, you know, because of conflict of interest, you almost have to make a clean, clean cut, quit one job before you're able to get into anything on the contracting side. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of a scary decision. It's a big decision because, um, you know, as you probably know in this area, it's, it's, it's hard to get a government job, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the amount of hoops you have to jump through to, to get to something, um, it's not easy to give it up. And so it, it was a big decision, but um, you know, again, in hindsight, it, it has worked out really well. It has brought in my network, brought in my corporate experience. Um, and you know, I wouldn't have done it a different way. That's great. What does a fight is exactly do? So we support an agency, a combat support agency that works with uh, mapping and imagery um, and anything from, you know, um, humanitarian support to uh, like place names, um, kind of geographic aspects of um, what the DOD requires. So, 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 so for, for those of you who may hear this, who are now from the DC metro area, like mapping like GPS or? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, all right, GPS. okay. Imagery so, data. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you, you do work for a specific agency yes. and provide them with those services. Exactly. Yep. And that was established, Maria, a, a while back, right? Yeah, so I started the company in 2013 okay. um, in the uh, in the springtime, and then um, there was a, a period of kind of doing back office work and just building building stuff internally, reaching out to clients, uh, and then our first contract was in 2014. So okay, um, so ever since then it's been a. <laughs> A lot of fun there, so. <laughs> That's good. Um, and how, how many people are now in, in FIDUS? Uh, so eight, eight employees. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm sure so. all remotely currently. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's been, yeah, it's been a very interesting year <laughs> for everyone, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so then from there, though, it, you started a new company, which is the most recent, recent meaning just a few years. Uh, yeah. which is ink tattoo, right? Exactly. How, how, how did that come to birth? 
yeah, you're like, how did this person just go from, from one, you know, yeah, total totally, totally opposite office cubicle environment to tattoos, right? Um, <laughs> so there's actually an interesting story behind that. Um, it was after we had kids, um, we, and obviously, you know, as you know, a huge emotional moment in, in everybody's life. And um, I think a lot of people tend to get, tend to think of tattoos during these emotional moments. Um, so we had, you know, we had our son and we wanted to get um, a tattoo of his name, something simple, small, not a huge deal. Uh, so we started walking around to some, some parlors um, and didn't really come away with, uh, you know, kind of super warm and fuzzy um, experience. You didn't feel good. To get something small, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we, we just kind of started thinking about it and we thought, you know, there has to be a better way to do this for people you know, kind of in our demographic, um, just kind of the whole customer experience of it, right, to put it um, in those terms. So we thought, you know, there could be a better way of doing it as far as just making the transaction easy from the time, like, I walk into a shop and, you know, I talk to somebody even before then from when I start planning about what what it is I want to get, right? Um, the whole experience that we've kind of come up with that ink is designed to make that a little bit more customer friendly and especially customer friendly for people who have no prior experience. Cause it's, I mean, let's face it, it's intimidating, right? You're walking in and uh, there's usually loud music and dark walls and you kind yeah. of are Everyone's expected to be <laughs> And this was your first time getting a, t a tattoo? It was my first time. And we actually okay. didn't have any of our own tattoos until we opened our shop, you know, because going through all these experiences. Oh, okay. And we, I mean, during the course of our research, we, we talked to our friends who, who have a lot of tattoos. Um, and we kind of find out that, like, we're not the only ones. Having that way. Stuff, right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the whole thing with ink. Um, it's, we want to be really transparent with people. We want to be really educational. Um, we want to be really kind of customer, customer friendly and, and taking care of your needs as a customer um, and just making everything um, about the transaction easy. So like if you go on our website, there's resources on what should I get tattooed if you're just kind of thinking about it. Um, and then from that point, everything through um, a digital payment, a digital appointment reminder, um, you coming in and being able to see the ingredients on the inks um, and just being able to be walked through the process um, of how it happens. We just wanted to kind of make it more accessible and remove a lot of the kind of the mystery around it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure prior to opening this, and I'm curious, you did plenty of research with all the different local tattoo parlors or shops in the area. And did they didn't have as far as just the technology interface you at home scrolling I'm sure it wasn't that user-friendly or, or am I incorrect I don't know um I think it just depends I think we've definitely taken it up um a notch with as far as being able to book digitally and provide quotes um do many of them have that Marie as far as able to do that digitally set up appointments I mean, and some places do but okay. it's um providing quotes is really kind of um not that often found across the board just because a lot of times the artists will want to see what you actually want and the artists themselves can have different rates based on you know their levels of experience um and so what we did is we kind of standardize it we have a flat rate per hour um and from the artist point how we're modernizing it is we the, the typical kind of industry standard is to work in a um it's almost like a 1099 model right so the artist um 
an work independent in a contractor. shop, but they're not shop employees, right? They rent their spaces. They uh, split revenue with the owner typically. Mm-hmm. Um, all our artists are hired as W-2 employees. They have a set salary. They have benefits, health care, paid time off, um, a set schedule to where they're working 40 hours a week. Uh, and so with that, we're, we're kind of trying to make it a more team-friendly environment so that there's not a lot of competition for each new customer that walks through the door. Okay. It's the, the people working there are able to say, well, I'm not great at this style, but my coworker is, you know, he's better for you as, as an artist. Um, and it kind of eliminates a lot of that like internal competition. Uh, so, so, you know, there's kind of the, the customer side of what we're doing with trying to make it a little bit easier to, to access and more educational. And then there's also the artist side, which is, uh, taking care of them, providing them a, a really good atmosphere to where they can just come in and focus on their art and that's it, right? And not have to worry about any of the, um, you know, anything else on the business side. Like they don't have to worry about paying taxes. They don't have to worry about payroll. They don't have to worry about anything else. They just come in and do their, do their art um, and take care of the customers. So that's interesting uh, and i'm sure not not many shops have that plan and set up like you do correct i i don't i don't know that um no. there are many around here that are okay um, yeah so I mean, uh, I, mm-hmm. no go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say how would it work because it is true i guess depending on what the tattoo the the person wants the artist would have to see it and depending i guess on the color or the details and like you said the experience I don't know what other variable comes into play as far as quoting the final price to the customer. Um, But you're not doing that. You're just saying it's per hour, right? And this is the flat rate, depending on how many hours it's involved. Yep, exactly. And so, I mean, generally you can have a pretty good estimate of what the, like the tattoo will be and how many hours it'll require. Um, Yes, there's some give and take. Some artists are slower, some artists are faster. Um, But in general, it's, you can, estimate that pretty well. Um, and so that's just what we use. And we always tell people, you know, if it, um, if you book a three hour appointment, it ends up being two hours. We're obviously not going to charge it for three hours. We're going to put the, you know, the deposit towards, um, towards the balance. So, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of having that transparency about this is what you're paying for. You know, exactly where it's going to be going in. Um, and that's why we're able to just kind of be transparent about it. And you mentioned you can get a quote online before even stepping foot in the location. Exactly. Yep, exactly. We get emails, we get Yelp uh, requests, we get Instagram messages. Um, so people just kind of reach out. So for that, what would be their, I guess, would they have to upload the tattoo that they have in mind and then for order yep. you to properly quote them the amount of time it may take? Yeah. So most of the time people will say, you know, this is what I have in mind. What would you, what would you estimate um, based on this photo or just, them describing it or okay so it's not even a picture needed then it's just description typing a picture definitely helps um it definitely helps just because you know it's a visual business (laughs) um but yeah it's you know we we have good guidelines established for that um how, how was the perception with artists who are not used to this type of model and as far as payment plans that right. you're basically now a W-2 employee compared to before independent contractor. Um, what, what was the perception you found as far as, yeah, what do they think? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think there is, a, there was definitely some getting used to. Um, our, actually our senior artist um, has over four decades of experience and he oh, wow. came out of retirement because he saw what, what my husband and I were doing with this. Um, really? And he said, yeah, he said, this is awesome. I've been looking for this, uh, you know, my entire career to just make things a little bit more professional. Um, and so he definitely sees the potential um, in this. So uh, I think we, we like to position ourselves as, you know, really taking care of everything on the business end so that the artist can focus, like I was saying before, on, on the art. Um, and, you know, I think it's, from their point of view, there is, you know, you're getting a W-2, you're getting a pay sub. Now you can use that to go get an apartment, a car loan, you know, whatever. So it, yeah. it legitimizes it a little bit as opposed to, I'm getting paid with a stack of $20 bills that I have to keep in my pocket. And you know, that's my budget. So yeah. um, it, it takes some getting used to, but I think overall it's a, it's a net positive for, um, for the business and for the industry. That's good. As an artist putting, let's say myself in the artist shoe before they were incentivized to obviously bring in clients and get art done because I don't know, there would be a certain split between them and the shop by whatever it may be. But now since that's taken out of the picture, do you see still, is there any incentivation or any plans that you have besides obviously, you know, their W2, but are they bonus? I don't know as far as, you know, promoting it in yeah. Instagram or any other social media platform just to bring more clientele in. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, I think two aspects of this one, it's, you know, the artists want to do good work. So they want to do things that are professionally interesting for them. Um, they don't want to just kind of sit back and, and rest on their laurels and, you know, say I'm getting a salary, so now I don't have to try. Um, so one is, you know, they're they're very motivated to to do work and build up their portfolios. Um, and then two, we've we've also put in place a, a monthly kind of sales target um, that if the artists meet a certain number of hours a month, everybody, all the employees, so including you know the front desk uh, customer service person, gets a um, a bonus for that month. So there's a little bit of incentive there as well, um, but. You know that's that's a really good point though okay so so there there's a team incentive then as far yeah. as overall but that's good though as far as the team structure and environment there yeah uh, I, I was looking pictures online um it it, it, it I, I have never stepped foot in that tattoo parlor or shop to be honest i've thought about it at one point you like you, it out. <laughs> no you know like you said you go through different experiences in life and like you, you mentioned you know you have children and in your case mm -hmm. you, you want to mark certain memories or certain things right. that mean to you and um some people have decided to apply it in their body and some people don't it's up to them um, but i've thought about it and i've heard stories i know friends and other people who have done it but and from the landlord's perspective I know when I come to a landlord and I'm saying, I have a tattoo shop interested in a space, you know this. Right. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, the majority are like, uh, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> or I need, I, need, I need more details. But yeah. if I come to a landlord with a tenant such as yourself, I've seen pictures, it looks beautiful in there. I would have never, I almost thought like it was a spa. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I was like, wow, this is very nice. Um, but yeah, it, whose idea was it? What made you think of as far as the design inside to do it that way? Yeah, so that was actually all us. I mean, everything from the branding, the design, everything, it, it was us. I mean, we didn't hire anybody to do that. Um, 
we, and I mean, that's just generally how we operate. We try to do as much kind of in-house as, as possible. Um, but to your point, it's, it's a very visual business. And so, um, one of the things we did when, and you know, working in, in real estate, um, <laughs> one of the things we did when we approached landlords was we had a deck of an overview deck, um, of just the, the 3d model of what it's going to be inside. And, um, you know, our backgrounds, our resumes, the, and just being able to approach somebody with, you know, this deck and saying, yes, it's a tattoo parlor, but it's not what you think. Um, and this is why I think that was very helpful. Um, that was, it was actually one of our big requirements was to have a, a kind of just prime retail space, right? So old town, um, probably one of the nation's most expensive real estate footprints. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so it, fantastic we, we location though. Yeah, it's a great location. Yes. I love it. Um, I love the community there and, um, you know, the foot traffic was great, but we wanted that visibility. We wanted to have that you know, this isn't some back alley kind of establishment. It's front and center. We wanted the big windows up front. Um, so we want people from the outside kind of looking in and, and kind of thinking, what is, you know, what is this place? Let me go check it out. Uh, we didn't want neon anywhere. That was, <laughs> that was our big requirement. No neon. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's just kind of goes in line with um, how people perceive tattoos nowadays and how much that that whole uh, kind of concept has changed over the last 10 20 30 years um i mean we had you know um daycare teachers from our kids school come and get a tattoo with us um today you see lawyers with tattoos pediatricians with tattoos right it's no longer of course, everyone has one yeah yeah exactly and so it's you know so many people have one and that demographic is so much broader than it used to be but the experience of it hasn't really changed that much. And that's exactly what we're trying to change. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like when I saw this, I'm like, like, like I mentioned earlier, it, it, I almost felt like I was and you've done a fantastic job just with the website and just looks very inviting. I can definitely see <laughs> now you wanting to go there, being comfortable, even myself, or I can see my wife or if she ever wanted to a, a tattoo, right. like, yes, you, you're definitely standing, you know, you're standing out compared to the other people in your industry for sure. And we, I mean, we honestly see it as kind of growing the pie for everyone because now it's that person who was previously afraid of coming into a, a tattoo parlor or didn't know what they were getting into. Now they've had that. We're kind of like the, the gateway drug, right? Like we, yeah. <laughs> we have that, that person is now comfortable going in and knowing what's going to happen. And maybe next time they're going to go to a different place. And that's totally fine because now we've taken a customer who wouldn't have been a customer um, and, and kind of brought them into, into the business. So um, we thought this through from um, kind of just what would a, a person with zero tattoo experiences want. Um, and so one of the things we offer is a ink sensitivity test. So if you have sensitive skin, if you think you might be allergic to ink, um, you can come in and book an appointment and get some drops of ink placed on your skin, see how you'll react. Um, another product we have is a temporary tattoo. Um, so not like the little kids stick on ones that you think of, but, um, it's a, um, a plant-based ink that gets put on your skin again in a custom design. Um, and when it dries, it looks like the real deal. So <laughs> you can come in and test it out and see if you want a tattoo, if you want to go bigger, go smaller, if you change your mind, 
Um, and it's a good way to kind of try it out. Um, and again, it's all these things that are, that are put in place with the, like the novice customer in mind, um, just getting them comfortable. And by the way, while they're there, they can check out the space. They can see how it's done in real life and ask any questions they want to and just feel comfortable walking in. That's great. This is the first time I'm hearing about the, those two uh, things you just mentioned as far mm -hmm. as the sensitivity test and an, or analysis and then just that tattoo just to see if they're comfortable with it and how they look or like you said maybe they want it larger or smaller if they go and do decide to do the permanent one yeah exactly and well, one mm -hmm. of my favorite customers was actually a gentleman who he came and got a temporary tattoo and he's got he got his wife's name on his arm uh, but he had it spelled wrong and then he kind of oh, wow i guess so <laughs> So there's also those types of customers, but <laughs> oh, hold up. So in his situation, did he get the permanent one or did he get? Sort no, of he got the temporary. <laughs> temporary. Okay. Temporary. Okay. But it looked real when it was when it was done. So. <laughs> so he he came home. He showed it to the wife. He's like, "Honey, look." And yeah, and I can't imagine what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious with him. Did he decide to do the the permanent one afterwards, or he did not? No, he was from oh. out of town. He just came in, and yeah. That was okay. Good. Okay. Cool. For for the temporary ones is it like you know the little sticker ones for kids that after washes it, 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 it rubs off or how does that work so it's actually um, it's an ink it's a plant-based gel almost. Okay. Um, and it's similar to like if you ever seen henna being done. yes yes it's not exactly henna it's a similar type of ink but um, it doesn't there's no skin that gets punctured it just it goes on your skin um, it kind of flakes off after a while and then you wash it and it develops like overnight okay um, and yeah, it just looks like a black ink tattoo when it's done. It looks like a real one. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. It just, there's kind of limits how fine of a line you can do with it. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, for some, for some tattoos, it's a good approximation for other ones. It's, um, you know, maybe not the best, but. Are, are you able to do colors and all also with a temporary one? With those, I think we have black and red only. Okay. The colors okay. really come out that well. How long do you typically have that temporary one on you? Uh, it depends where you put it. So if it's like, if it's like your hands or somewhere where the skin is really thin and gets a lot of friction, mm -hmm. um, it, it'll last maybe a couple days. Um, okay. if it's like a shoulder or something. It'll be a week. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, it's, a, it's kind of fun. It's, you know, you get the, you get the people who, who treat it like a special occasion or a, a gag gift or something. And yeah. then you get the people who are actually using it as a test for, for the real deal. <laughs> what's the feedback that you've received with whether these two items are, or even just overall the business and, and the concept being totally different the way you're doing it compared to other tattoo shops? Um, I mean, I think there's definitely a demographic that's attracted to, to our model. Um, and when we were starting out, um, you know, we thought it would be catering to primarily females kind of mid twenties to mid forties. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been one of the things that, that has been surprising over the last year. It's the, just a range of customers that we've had. So we absolutely get, you know, the, the young female customer who has never had a tattoo. Um, but we also get, you know, the, the motorcycle riding and the kind of more experienced um, veteran tattoo customers. So they're coming to you it's too. Really cool to see just a range. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, it, it's just cool to see the whole, the, the, people that we appeal to um, mm -hmm. and how everybody's comfortable and just wants a better experience coming in. 
Okay. I, I'm with the demographics. Is it is it mostly women or men or how is it? It's pretty even. I would say it's maybe slightly slightly more women, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty even. Oh wow! I'm I'm. Yeah. It's not that big of a difference. Again, now. I was I'm just as surprised as you are because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I I know you you run two business plus you mentioned you have two little ones, and and I understand also your your husband is is very involved with his career. Um, how do you handle all this going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it, it's fun. I mean I think as long as you're having fun, you'll you'll be able to make time for anything. Um, I. I 100% believe that, you know, if something is a priority, you'll, you'll find a way to do it and you'll figure it out. Um, and you know, there's also the, uh, the quote that's like, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So yes, that's true. <laughs> I think it's just staying organized and, you know, just being able to, to switch gears quickly to go from, you know, one project for one company to handling a, a customer issue or doing something else with the kids. It's just being able to switch gears. <laughs> Pre-COVID, um, were you visiting the tattoo store, what, daily, a couple times a week, or how often? Yeah, I, um, pre-COVID, maybe a couple times a week. Okay. There's really okay. no need for me to be there unless I'm dropping off supplies or anything. Sure. Um, every once in a while, I'll fill in at the front desk if we have, you know, somebody's out or staff shortage. Um, and that's always fun. It, it always kind of rejuvenates me and, and um, it, it's good to see customers and, and having their reaction walking in or even just people on the street walking by. Um, so I think it's really good for, for any business owner to kind of spend some time on the front lines and just kind of see what the, what the ground truth is. Right. Yeah. Um, it's one thing, you know, me sitting here at the computer and, and looking at a spreadsheet, but, um, being there dealing with a customer dealing with an employee it's, it's a totally different perspective when when did you open the uh, tattoo store the tattoo shop so we opened july 30th of last year so 2018 um 2019 so just, 2019 sorry 2019 okay okay <laughs> it's been a long year <laughs> yeah it has been um, yeah it's uh so our our first year was um you know it's it's a little bit of a it's been kind of interesting to learn. Um, the the winter time and the, the cooler months are actually the better time to get a tattoo because you're not um, you're not out in the sun, you're not in the pool or you know the beach. Okay. Uh, but most people tend to think about them in the warmer months, so the summertime tends to be kind of the the high season. Um, it's so so yeah. Last year, I mean, we spent time building up our clientele. Uh, and then of course, you know, COVID hit. So <laughs> that was, um, you know, kind of through a wrench in our plans a little bit, but we were able to, um, keep our staff on payroll. We, we paid everybody their salary while we were closed for two and a half months. Um, we actually started a, uh, donation campaign to the two local food banks here, AFAC and Capital Area Food Bank, um, donating the customers, um, deposits online deposits during the time that we were closed um, to the food bank. So that was, that was a cool way to give back. Um, and then we reopened in June and, you know, had some really strong months uh, for the summer. So it's been, it's been really good to see that. I, I'm glad to hear that you were only closed down for two months or so. I, I thought it would have been longer. Yeah, it was two and a half months. Um, I mean, I'm sure that was long enough for you. That, but, it was long but, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> for sure. No, we were able to reopen in phase one, um, and we actually worked with the city of Alexandria on their, um, I think it's that ALX health program, uh, to just kind of make sure our standards were, you know, at, at least what the city required, and we actually went a little bit above um, the minimum required. Um, because, I mean, I think the major kind of modification to, to our shop operations was everybody wearing masks um, and okay. just limiting the amount of people in the waiting room. Um, we, you know, everybody's already used to working with such strict sanitation standards anyway, that yeah. there wasn't so much of an adjustment as you would have in other businesses. Um, our spaces are semi-private, high walls, and um, the space itself is quite large. So it's been... Um, it was kind of pretty easy to adapt to to the new requirements. How many square feet are you in? Uh, it's about 1,700, I think. Oh, that's a good size. Okay. It's an old historic building. Um, there's a huge skylight, which kind of, you can't I see it. I saw that. Huge, yeah. <laughs> you can see it in the pictures. So you, you can see yeah. the light coming from a Light yeah. coming down. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Very heavenly. Yeah. <laughs> How many, how many stations do you have? So we have three. Um, okay. We kind of built out the space to, we could put in additional stations um, down the road um, if, if the demand is there or when the demand is there, I should say. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right now we have three stations and we wanted the space to feel private. I mean, it's almost like a dentist office when you walk in there with, you know, the high walls. Um, but yeah, we didn't want, you know, people laying out in the open and of course everybody being able to see you from King Street. So <laughs> once once you reopen in stage one, how was how the customer base? So are I guess the people flowing back in? Did you see they were a little bit reluctant or? I think I think it was the opposite. I mean, I think oh. even when we were closed, people were emailing us with, you know, just like, when are you guys opening? I need to get like my banging on the door. <laughs> open up. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you had all this time to think about your next design and <laughs> um so no it's it's been great. I mean I I don't think we've had to I don't know how we would, but we haven't had to force anyone to come in to get <laughs> get their tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So you mentioned that the, the months have been strong. So overall, well there's only one year, just a little bit over one year, and some of that you were shut down to base it off of. But it, I guess after you open after COVID state, you know, phase one, it, it, you were pleasantly surprised with the numbers that the store was doing. Yeah, I, okay. we were definitely surprised. Um, and we're still trying with, you know, us being pretty new um, in this spot, in this business, we're trying to figure out how much of that is, um, you know, either pent up demand from people being at home or due to kind of the summer hiring or due to, just the shopping around for a year and having been more established kind of word of mouth, reputation, et cetera. So um, we're, we're still trying to get a good handle on, on the data and the metrics from that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see that. Yeah. It's um, I was just, it reminds me, I was visiting a client the other day and it's it, totally different. He, he, his more like home services business. And I was in his shop, I was in his office and he has a board with all the monthly numbers and he mm -hmm. says, thanks to COVID, he have had the best month in August ever. And, and right. I saw the number and I was, it was almost double from the previous year. Wow. Double, and I was like, wow. He was like, I, I'm helping expand to more to additional space. And I was like, that's fantastic. 
Yeah. So I, I'm glad to hear that he's doing well. And, and I know you're in a totally separate and different business, but um, if the numbers are looking good, that's a good sign. Yeah. And it, I think, I mean, there's so many businesses right now that are, I think, just trying to adapt and kind of trying to see what what sticks and, and what works and what doesn't and if there's a better way to to do things. Um, you know, I think we've been we've been fortunate so far. Um, we'll, we'll see how, you know, the winter months go, but I'm excited about where this is going and um, our kind of next step for us is uh, franchising this concept nationwide. So we started um, we started offering franchises in February, right before COVID hit. So that was great timing on our end. <laughs> but um, no, but you know, if there's kind of a blessing in disguise with um, the shop being closed for two and a half months, is that it's kind of let us focus a lot on the franchising side. Okay. Um, and we've been having some really good conversations with uh, uh, you know potential franchisees in Florida, North Carolina, Texas. Um, so there's a lot of interest that we're trying to develop and make this into a bigger brand nationwide. That's, that's amazing. So is the goal Maria is just for you, I guess let's call it a corporate store, the one in old town, right? Mm -hmm. Is it just for just to have one corporate or do you plan maybe to open a few more or just one and then just franchise model then after? I think that's still TBD. Uh, we were originally looking okay. at um, another location in the um, Ashburn Loudoun area. Mm -hmm. um, we still really like it out there. It's just right now our focus is franchising. Um, and, you know, managing this, this one location. So um, it's still in the works. Um, it just kind of has taken a lower priority right now. Yeah. Um, now, the, this business is totally different than your first business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to say what, what, what do you like or dislike from each one? Yeah, I don't want to say what's your favorite one because they're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite child? <laughs> yeah, that, that's always um, asking the question, which one is your favorite child? Before right. <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, I, I do like different things about them. I mean, the, the ink and, and tattoos is just, it's such a tangible business, right? And anything customer facing, you know, whether it's a restaurant or, um, it's so it, it's real, right? It's not you looking at spreadsheets. Um, it's you putting something on somebody's body that's going to stay with them for a long time. Right. Yes. So, um, it, it's great to be able to kind of deliver that experience to our customers at ink. Um, it's great to be able to see, like you were saying earlier, you know, somebody comes in with a really meaningful uh, tattoo to them. And I think, I think all, all of them are meaningful in some way, even, even the ones that are, you know, you think are really goofy. Um, I mean, we've had, we've had customers come in who are, um, you know, breast cancer survivors, suicide survivors. They want to get a memorial tattoo for somebody. Um, so it's, it's really um, powerful to be able to kind of deliver that, really important piece of, of art to somebody mm -hmm. um, with, so I, I think if I had to pick a favorite child, it would be Inky. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's different because it sounds like the, the first one with the government, it, it's, you know, not just, it, it's more B2B um, yeah. and, and ink. It's, you know, B2C or with the consumer, Absolutely. even though in the end of the day, it, it's still, even if it's B2B, it's still a relationship with another human. Absolutely. But yeah. it, it's a, it's a totally, it, it's a different, I think feeling like you just described now Yeah. as far as that relationship with, with the end consumer when they come in and they get right. this tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot more fun in many ways. Um, it's a lot more, you know, just being around artistic stuff and artistic people and just kind of watching the creative process happen. Um, it's really inspiring and um, 
I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat of an artist myself. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as these guys are, but <laughs> it, just being able to, to see how they think, um, it, it's really interesting compared to, you know, how a, a business person thinks or how an analyst thinks. So. I, I was going to ask you that next. H have you tried actually uh, tattooing a, a tattoo? Me? Yes, yes, you. No? <laughs> no, you don't want me doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might do the little kid peel and steak one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe it inspired you to become maybe an artist or part-time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's good though. You opened it last year and I know the whole story with this business with Inc was you, you and your husband looking for a place, mm -hmm. looking for a place and then actually deciding, Oh, why don't we do this business? Yeah. Uh, how, 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 how soon was that? When did that thought come into mind? Um, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to put an exact timeline on it. Cause I think okay. with, you know, with many businesses, it's, you know, you have a thought one day and then you don't think about yeah, it. Yeah. You don't think, yeah, exactly. It comes back to you. Right. <laughs> um, so we really started the, um, I would say kind of the, the hardcore legwork, uh, probably a year before then. So that involved everything from, um, you know, th things like building out the, the financial model to looking for the real estate, right. Um, doing the, the build out once we found the place. Um, sure. so we, I think I would say we, we started the, the LLC and the company in, um, 2018, probably exactly okay. a year before okay. we opened. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it was definitely a lot of stuff on the back end that we had to work out before we were able to open our doors um, to customers. I, I, I understand the reason why you opened it, but you know, it's, we have so many ideas um, that come and then, like you said, then they go. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm curious why you decided to say like, I think this is it. Like what, what made you decide? <laughs> and, 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 and my reason is because, I've had clients and, and I know entrepreneurs, they typically, they, when they open the second or third or other businesses, there's at least some kind of synergy with the, with the other one, with the first, um, one. With the first one. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I understand why this decided to open this division or this arm. Um, but you were totally different. Um, so what made you actually to, to decide and move forward with this idea and, and bring it to fruition? And so, I mean, I think kind of, if you just look at it on the surface, yes, they're totally different, but if you kind of start digging into a little bit more, we're essentially running this like a consulting business, right? Okay. So we have, um, we have our em employees that are, um, like our staff would be on in a government contracting company, right? And they're, um, they have a certain number of clients that they have to hit. So this, there's a lot of similarities when you start okay. looking at it under surface. Um, but it is, it is a very different model. And I, I don't know, to be honest with you, there's, there's no good answer. I can give you why, why this one and not, you know, one of the 10 other ideas I've had. Um, <laughs> I just think that in many ways, you know, kind of the time was right. Um, with, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, the, how popular tattoos are and how many people see, um, you know, sites like Pinterest or Instagram for inspiration. And it's no longer this kind of, um, kind of back alley hidden yeah. thing. Um, it's now way more in the open and way more accepted. And so I think it was just kind of recognizing a trend and seeing that this could be big, um, nationwide and, and we could 
help make that happen. I, I agree. It's, it's um, I think you flipped the script, Maria. It's uh, very inviting, very totally opposite of yeah, what well, your, your typical <laughs> tattoo parlor would look like, you know, yeah. um, which, which is amazing. I, I, I love that part. A lot of people walk by and, you know, just kind of hear, hearing passersby on the street, they say, oh, like, are these robot tattoos? Are these real tattoos? What's happening here? Because they just can't, like, fathom that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look like the typical shop. Yeah, no, that's true. Are, <laughs> when, when, when doing the franchise model, are, are they all going to look and feel the same way? So if you go to the Florida one or in Texas mm -hmm. or in Vegas or wherever it may be, you're going to walk in and it's going to look just like the original corporate one in old town or, or and I'm sure there's going to be changes throughout the yeah. years, but we're going to be walking into the same one, the same type of feel. Yeah. I think that's the idea. I mean, anything with franchising is uh, you want that consistency and experience, right? So when you walk into a McDonald's, um, you know exactly what you're getting, you know exactly what it's going to look like. And that's part of the, um, I think the benefit that being affiliated with a franchise brand offers the franchise owner, because I mean, I, I think the, you know, franchisees are still small businesses, right? I think a lot of times we have the narrative that, oh, go to, you know, your local shop, don't go to the big brand restaurant, but those restaurants and those shops are still owned by small business owners, mm -hmm. right? So there's that, I think, misconception that needs to be cleared up. Um, but, you know, they're now affiliated with a bigger brand that has the marketing support, the name recognition, the, um, the trademarks and intellectual property, right? And so we want to keep the look as consistent as possible. Um, like one of the things that we would, for example, personalize is um, when you walk into the waiting area, there's a, um, like a photo wall of um, things that are special to Old Town. Like there's a picture of the trolley, there's a picture of the waterfront. So little touches like that, yes, but the overall look and feel is going to be consistent. Sure. What would you say, Maria, that drives and motivates you overall? In life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in life. It, it can be in life. It can be in business. Yes, in general. Uh, I like trying new things. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I think, you know, I kind of started out my career on this, um, you know, it, it could have gone one way with this very sure path um, as a civil servant, um, you know, do 30 years and then retire on a comfortable pension. Um, but that's just not what necessarily appealed to me. It was more kind of, you know, life is short. There's a lot you yeah. can do. There's a lot you can experiment with and you, you're either right or you learn along the way. Right. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. What would you say you're most proud of this far in your business career overall with, with, with either company with both? Uh, I think it's just being able to go from, you know, the concept to the actual physical brick and mortar location. Um, okay. I think, you know, it's a lot of people have great ideas, but to be able to execute, I think takes a different kind of skill set. Um, and it's, it's been fun. And I'm, I'm not going to say it hasn't been a lot of work. <laughs> it definitely has been, but um, it's been fun kind of seeing that from, you know, from start to, to execution. If, um, if, I'm just curious, if you were to give someone advice as far as to, to, to go into either of the two businesses you have, I understand now which one's your favorite. So I have a feeling to answer, um, it, it, what would it be? Wow, okay. Um, oof. <laughs> I would say there's something new that I learned every day, every okay. week at the very least. Um, I would say it's to be easy on yourself, to not take things so personally. I mean, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, and just, you know, 
have have tough skin <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh you know just everybody's doing the best we can so so easy <laughs> are 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 there any habits or or skills that you think throughout your career that have influenced you in a good positive way um i like writing things down i make checklists i have a paper calendar i have about four you know uh email calendars but i still come back to my paper one <laughs> um yeah write it down cross it off and i don't know there's just so much about like being able to put that so, check mark so you're, you're, you're very you're very organized I, I think I am. Yeah, okay. I think I am. That's one of my... <laughs> if I asked your husband, would he feel the same way? I think he would. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. <laughs> all right, so, so now we're entering the, the what we call the fast round. So basically, I ask you a simple question, and you give me the first thought that comes to mind. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> okay you ready? Is this PG? <laughs> it is, yes. This is a kid-friendly show. Well, with your second business, you know... Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> what would you say is your biggest challenge right now with Ink Tattoo? I think toughening up, being able to take a, uh, a negative comment from a customer well and not have it ruin my whole day because I, I, I'm such a people pleaser, so I always want to you know, deliver good news and uh, I take it really personally when someone's like, you know, no, I want to cancel my appointment or whatever. So <laughs> that's hard. It, it, yeah. it, rem it, it reminds me of um, uh, one of my clients. Uh, he was one of the interviews I did and his wife had to get him off a of Yelp. He was like, <laughs> you course. don't understand. <laughs> he would be at midnight on his phone because of the reviews in Yelp and you don't know how it would affect him. Yeah. <laughs> he was addicted to Yelp just because of that, because of his business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think it was probably much easier to do business, you know, 30 years ago when you didn't have any of this yeah so so now he's he, he doesn't see up anymore so i think it's helped him <laughs> and, and his marriage <laughs> um what do you wish now what do you wish that you know now you would have known back then okay um i think i think there's always like the the moving goalposts of now and back then right um i think just just have more confidence going in i think you know you you can always figure figure things out um you can always reach out for help from an expert if you need to um but you you're, you're capable of figuring out more than you think you are <laughs> okay so there's definitely more potential within you then yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i know yeah. I, I agree i agree when when i say the word success maria who is the first person you think of oh beyonce i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. I think I just read something before our interview. <laughs> do do you and you know some people is 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 different. Who would you say who is your biggest mentor and what have you learned from that person? Uh, wow, I've had so many mentors um, really? at all different okay. stages of my career. So it's I, I think I'm really lucky to to say that. Um, I think one of my most memorable mentors was um, when I was um, with the Department of Defense. Um, it was an Army Warrant Officer, um, uh, Chief Chrisman, and he was, he's still around, he's, he's not that or anything. <laughs> he, um, he is uh, just incredibly hardworking and just, um, also combines this kind of you know tough persona with the ability to look out for for everyone um he was absolutely the guy that you could come with and say you know hey i'm having this problem can you help me out 
and, and he would 100% have your back. And I think the biggest thing he taught me was um, look out for your people and, and how important that is um, and be approachable in, in that sense, even if, you know, on the outside, you're a total kind of tough guy. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and what is the next five year looks like? Uh, what's the vision the next five years? I, so, yeah, I mean, I think we really want to focus on franchising um, and, and growing the concept uh, with Inc. Uh, and that's a, um, that in itself is, you know, a third business because it's not running the operations daily in the shop. Um, it's being focused more on the, on the B2B side. So anything from, it's a, it's a lot of sales, it's a lot of marketing. Um, it's once you have a sale, it's a lot of being able to support the franchisee logistically um, and, and help them get set up and be successful. So that, that's going to be our main focus. Um, but that, that third business, Maria, it's, it's very special and potent. I, I, I know the, what franchise can do to someone. It's just, it's like a rocket ship. If they, <laughs> it, no, for, but seriously, I, I've seen it. If done right, it's just, just it's amazing what it, what, what it can do to you and to your company. It's, it's, and we're learning about it as well. You know, like I said, we're, we're new to franchising. Um, so I think a lot of time this past year we've spent on getting to know the, the kind of big players in that space, um, all the industry associations, all the, um, uh, the, the expos and the shows to go to and all that. So it's been a, a lot of learning with that. Where, where are you in that process? Do you think you may be ready for, for the first location, franchise location in, in the next? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all the kind of groundwork has been done with that. Um, all the legal paperwork is in place. Um, right now, it's just focusing on marketing and having those conversations with with the potential franchisees because there's a lot of vetting going on 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 both ends. I mean, they okay. um, if you're buying a franchise, you are likely quitting your job. You're investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into this, and it's a big time decision for you. And also from from the franchisor perspective, you want to make sure that um, you are locked into a relationship for ten years possibly more with somebody who's able to protect your brand um, mm -hmm. and carry out the system and, and just follow, you know, the, the path that you've set out for, for them. So um, it's a lot of uh, commitment on both ends. Do, do, do you see it in maybe the next 12 months or, or I don't know, maybe sooner or maybe longer than that, actually having your first franchise location somewhere? Yeah. Definitely. Um, if not the actual location open, then the franchisee signed because okay. it will take about, you know, six to 12 months, I think at least from the time the, the franchise agreement is signed to the time the location is open. Sure. Um, but definitely within the next, and, and I understand, you know, COVID is impacting people's kind of ability to make a decision long-term right now. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, very close in some of those conversations. That's good. You're, you're I, I didn't know you were that close to, to yeah. starting that. <laughs> In, in, in this, in your niche for franchise, is there anything like this? Uh, not really in the United States. There's, okay. um, I think there's a couple companies in Canada, maybe. Um, okay. Maybe one in India. Um, there's nothing that I'm familiar with uh, in the States that kind of has this model. So. Oh, this um, and, and that's actually kind of part of the challenge is because we are, um, we're a new category, essentially, right? So I think when most people think of, you know, if you pick up a franchising guide, there's uh, beauty services, there's, you know, um, hair drying bars and things like that, but there's nothing in the tattoo section. So yeah. <laughs> there's tattoo section. So that's part of what we're creating. Okay. 
And uh, lastly, you know, I'm sure you don't have a lot of free time, but the, the free time you do have, what do you like to do? What's, what's free time? <laughs> uh, no, I, I like running um, uh, when, I, when I can get out there. Now with this cooler weather, it's, uh, it's getting a little bit easier to do. Um, I've done two marathons. Uh, That's awesome. Get some more under my belt. Um, but yeah, lately it's just been a few blocks around my neighborhood. <laughs> so okay. I can manage. So. Okay. So some running then working out. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and where, where can people find you if they want to, you know, get some more information about you and your businesses, where can they reach out? Yeah. Uh, I think LinkedIn is the best place. Um, okay. Always on there. Um, you can look up the, uh, the company email on, uh, on Inc as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also for, for, for ink, is it, is it, what's the website? Uh, so it's inktattoos.com and ink is spelled I N Q. Um, and tattoos is one of the most misspelled words uh, in English language. So T A T T O O S. Okay. Okay. Inktattoos.com. And if someone listening who may be interested in possibly, they love the idea and what you're doing and maybe they're considering the franchisee model, is there a website up or how just reach out yeah. to you? How can they find out more information on that? Too? So absolutely on our website, there's a company tab. There's a franchising section in there. Okay. Um, basically the processes you read through the information, fill out. It has a company tab, um, franchising, and uh, they, they could review all the information on there. They can submit an inquiry form. Um, and then we send more detail and take it from there. Okay. Is there any requirements as far as, you know, what they would need for that. If they need any more information, just reach out to you or is that all on the website yeah, as far as all, everything's on the website. There's a FAQ section. Um, but yeah, there's definitely financial requirements, um, and kind of experience requirements. Um, but it's all kind of spelled out on there and we're always happy to talk more, more details if anybody's interested. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Maria, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I really enjoy talking to you and yeah. Yeah. Same. Whatever I can, uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, uh, for your first tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'll bring my wife along. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You bye -bye. too. Bye-bye. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.